Well, good morning. Happy New Year, everybody. How we doing? Hey, just think about this. You have not missed a Sunday all of 2020. Perfect attendance for everybody in the room. Gold stars everywhere. You are rolling. Uh, we do hope and pray that you will just uh, make it a regular thing to be here with us every Sunday to worship the Lord. And in worshiping Him and opening His Word together, we pray and hope that you will experience encouragement, uh, that you will get direction from the Lord in your life, and that ultimately He will bring hope into your soul. My name is Kyle, and man, we are so glad that you are here today with us, and I'm just excited to get into God's Word with you today, excited to worship with you. Uh, a lot of you know we had just an incredible uh, Christmas season together. We had two Christmas uh, candlelight services, and it was just marvelous. Man, it was a wonderful time of worship. So many of you were here. You brought family, and you brought friends, and thank you for worshiping together with us. But we're glad to be into 2020 and to uh, get rolling in this new year. Uh, next week, an exciting time, we're going to kick off a brand new series called More in Store. And in that series, we are going to take a, a look and uh, begin to ask some questions and begin to ponder what the vision is for our church and what the vision is for your individual life. And so we want you to be here for that new series starting next week called More in Store. And today, uh, we are in a day that we call My One Word. In fact, I had a couple people walk up to me this morning and kind of thought we had forgot about this whole thing. In case you're not familiar, uh, what we do at the beginning of every year is we encourage you and challenge you to consider picking one word that uh, you want to make as just a focus for the year that God can use in your life to grow you and to shape you to become everything that he wants you to be. So today we're going to talk about that and how to land on that one word and how God can use that one word in your life. Well, I think there's one thing that we can all agree on, and that is that words are powerful. And I've got a short video for you that I want you to listen in really carefully and closely as two gentlemen are going to have a discussion of words about words. And through this video, we're going to see the power of words. What did you say? I thought it was a deer. You thought it was a deer? What did you think it was? Are you doing me? I thought it was a monkey or a gorilla. Mm. A monkey or a gorilla? A monkey? Yeah, it's a monkey. It, it's at the zoo. You know that. A monkey? Yeah, at the zoo. It's a monk. A monk. He, he said it the wrong way. <laughs> no, I didn't. Yes, I did. That's a monkey. A monkey? <laughs> yes, I did. Oh, it's a monkey. Monkey. No, it ain't. Yes, it did. No, it ain't what. I'm sure it is. One, if he, if he stops arguing with me, I'm going to take you back there and I'm going to whip your tail. Oh, man, we can get things going with our words, can't we? Words are powerful, what we say and how we say them. I want you to look at Proverbs chapter 18, and I want you to notice verse 21 as we think about words this morning. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 21. And in case you didn't know, the book of Proverbs 
is full of words about words. Uh, Proverbs talks so much about our words and how we use them and how we say them and when we say them. And look at Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 21. It says the tongue, which is obviously what we form our words with, the tongue can bring death or life. And you've experienced that, haven't you? You've experienced someone using their tongue in your presence, and it has built you up and or it has torn you down. It has brought, it has brought death to you or it has brought life to you. The message puts this verse this way. Words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit you choose. Again, the tongue can bring death or life. As we think about the importance of words and how words matter, I want you to notice that when we think about words matter, what is said, when it is said, how it is said, and who says it makes every difference in the world. Agreed? What is said, when it's said, how it's said, and who says it can make every difference in the world. Words have power. They can cause you to cry. They can cause you to think. They can cause you to laugh. They can cause you to soar. They can cause you to move forward. They can stop you in their tracks. They can wound. They can heal. They can shape. And they can form. Some of you in the room right now have experienced words coming at you lately that have encouraged you, that have blessed you, that have built you up. And I pray and hope that you will continue to experience that in your life. But some of you in the room are feeling deeply hurt and discouraged because of some words that have been spoken to you and around you lately. And I'm praying that you can find healing because words are incredibly, incredibly powerful. And I think I want to pause right now and just remind all of us of the power of our words, okay? Not just thinking about the power of words being spoken to us, but just for a moment to pause and think about the power of the words that you and I speak to and around and about other people. Parents, be mindful. Our children listen deeply to our words. Amen? If you're grown and you still have your parents, your parents' words matter much to you. Do they not? They do. If your kids are grown and you're the parent, your words matter very, very much to them. If your kids are little and they don't know whether it's a monkey or a monkey, right? They don't know. Your words matter to them. How you say them, and especially who is saying them, is a very, very big deal to them. And they can shape and form them for the rest of their life. So parents, be mindful of your words. Bosses in the room, people that are in charge, people with authority, be mindful of your words. Friends, be mindful. People, be mindful of your words. Again, words matter. What is said, when it is said, how it is said, and who says it definitely, definitely matters. So as we think about who says it, I want to pose this question and think about this for just a moment as we think about words. What does God say about you? 
Because if it matters who says it, then I think it really matters when God says something, don't you? And when God says something about you, we ought to hear it, we ought to receive it, we ought to listen to it, and ought to shape us and form us. And God's given us his word, and we're going to talk more about it this morning, and how we need to be in the word of God. But what does God say about you? He says a lot of things, but I want to share with you a few things that he says very clearly in the word of God and the story of God about you. He says about you that you are fully loved. This is God, the creator and the sustainer of the universe, saying about you that he fully and completely loves you. He says that you are invited. You are invited into his presence. You are invited into his salvation. You are invited into heaven. You are invited into his world, and he wants to experience you, and he wants you to experience him. God says about you that you are forgiven because of Jesus and what he's done on the cross. Jesus declares forgiveness over us. And you've, I mean, every single person in the room, we've, we've, we've made mistakes, we've sinned, we've hurt other people, we've hurt people that are close to us, and we've hurt someone that's close to us, and they're the one that we need the forgiveness from, and they come to us, and we're the one that has offended them, or we've hurt them, and they come to us, and they say that we are forgiven. Oh, the washing of refreshing that comes over us when we hear that person say that we are forgiven. And God declares, the one that we have sinned against always, he declares that through Jesus, we are forgiven. Think about what God says about us. Jesus says about us as followers, as his believers, he declares that we are changed. He says that you are changed, that you are different. He says that you are a new creation. He declares you to be holy. When's the last time you thought of yourself and thought, hmm, I'm holy? Right? We don't think of ourselves in those terms most of the time. But God, through Jesus, views us, declares us, and sets us apart and calls us holy. I'm not calling you holy. The church is not calling you holy. Your spouse is probably not calling you holy. But God is calling you holy. He says that you're holy in Jesus. He says that you are accepted. Accepted. And that you are wanted. Listen, what God says about you is so very, very important. It's one of the reasons why you need to be reading the Word of God on a regular basis. You need to be hearing from Him what He says about you. You need to allow Him to speak over you the words of life, the words of um, encouragement, the words of direction, and the words of correction in your life when He needs to and when He wants to. Well, this is where I think the idea of picking my one word can be so powerful. Uh, my one word is this, this ability, or um, not this ability, but this picking of a word that can create awareness and create focus and attentiveness in our relationship and our growth with God. It's simply the idea of picking one word to focus on and allowing God to use that in your life to teach you, to shape you, and to grow you. And a lot of times at this point, when people are hearing this for the first time, they're wondering what this word's going to be. I'm just going to tell you on the front end, you may be incredibly surprised what word you land on. Um, as I have uh, been doing this for several years, and we've been doing this for several years here, a lot of you have shared with me uh, what your word is for the particular year. And there have been some random, almost off the wall, man, i got to look that word up and see what that means kind of words. 
And it's amazing how you can tell stories about how God used that word through his word and through your life to teach you and to grow you and to shape you to become everything that he wants you to be. It's all about dependence. Picking this word is about me saying, God, I need you to do something in me that I cannot do in myself. We're not talking about a New Year's resolution here. They say that of the millions of New Year's resolutions that are made every year, that 80% of people aggressively abandon that resolution by the month of February. 80%. So, what is a New Year's resolution? Something that goes in one year and out the other. Some say, I love when they drop the ball in Times Square. It's a nice reminder of what I did last year. You can just go ahead and laugh and act like you got that one if you want to. You may repeat that one. No, you got it. I dropped the ball. Some say, may all your troubles last as long as your New Year's resolutions. Others say, my New Year's resolution is to stop hanging out with people who ask about my New Year's resolution. <laughs> well, we're not talking about a New Year's resolution here. We're talking about you settling in on a word that you believe God wants to use in your life to teach you, to grow you, to shape you, to form you, to become more like Jesus so that we can grow in our relationship with the Lord, so that we can grow in our relationships with other people, so that we can grow in our marriage, so that we can grow in our parenting, so that we can grow in our friendships, so that we can grow in the workplace. My one word helps you focus on your dependence of Christ. And therefore, you develop and you flourish and you see God working in your life and you see God working on your life. It's seeing things through the lens of your word. It'll keep you focused with vision for the future about this process that you're in. Write these words down. It's going to be on the screen. That is this. The word changes you. The word changes you. And we're going to repeat this over and over this morning, build on it and let it grow. As we think about my one word, I think that you pick that one word. I believe that this statement's true. I believe that that word will change you. But we're going to take it to a fuller and deeper place than even that. It's going to sharpen your focus and sharpen your senses. It's going to activate your reticular activating system. I'd never heard of this before. We all know what it is, but my wife gave me the name of it. It's this idea that when you, or this, this thing in you, that when you buy a new car, you all of a sudden see that new car everywhere else, right? It's just, it's a reticular activating system. When you have something that gets lodged in your brain that you're focused on, it's going to cause you to see it in other places. Uh, we recently took a trip to Peru. Guess what we noticed everywhere we go? Things that have to do with Peru. We bought some uh, bananas or something the other day. What was it, bananas? And they came from Peru. We, it just jumped off the little sticker. Normally I ignore that little sticker. I throw it out. Anyway, it said, from product from Peru. Uh, from Peru. Um, guess what else we notice everywhere we go? Llamas. They're everywhere, I'm telling you people. They're everywhere. They're on Christmas sweaters. Llamas are everywhere. Why are we noticing them everywhere? Because we went and we spent time in a country where llamas are a big deal. And our reticular activating system is kicking in. When you pick a word and decide, you know what, I'm going to focus on that and allow God to help me focus on that this year, you're going to notice the word 
everywhere. It's going to show up in commercials. It's going to show up in your favorite TV show. It's going to show up in books that you read. It's going to show up in the workplace. And most importantly, it's going to show up and God's going to reveal it to you through his word, the Bible. And it's so neat how picking one word has the potential to change the way, has the potential to change the way you read the Bible. If there's one thing we want you to do this year, we want you to read God's Word. We want you to spend more time focused in on what God definitely is saying. I could stand up here and say, let me tell you what God's saying, but when we open this book and we read from it, we can emphatically clearly and authoritatively say, this is what God says. And so if you're needing God to speak into your life this year, if you're needing God to encourage you this year, if you're needing direction for your life this year, open the Word of God and get a word from God because, again, the Word changes you. Let me give you a few verses of Scripture that I think are really powerful when we think about the Word changing us. Look at James chapter 1 and verse 21. James chapter 1 and verse 21. It says, So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. And of course, James chapter 1 is referring specifically to the word of God. And it says that the word of God that gets in our hearts has the power to save our souls. I don't know how much scripture memory you've done in your life. I used to do a lot more of it than I do now. I've got some friends, and some of them are sitting in this room, and some of them are other places that just continually memorize God's word and hide God's word in their heart. I want to do a better job of that. Um, and I would say that if we were to say how many of you memorize scripture, most of you wouldn't raise your hand. But there's some scriptures that are lodged in your mind and lodged in your heart, aren't there? There's some scriptures that are just there. Some of those scriptures take you back to a time when you were first learning about Jesus, no matter what age it was for you. If you grew up in church and you were hearing these things or you first started coming to church as an adult and the Word of God started getting real for you and it started getting in your heart and getting in your mind. And there's some passages that are just really familiar to us that just, that just come alive and speak boldly to us. Uh, one that we're all familiar with, we could quote uh, probably most of us in the room, and that's John chapter 3 and verse 16, right? It's going through your head right now, right? You've got that rhythm and you've got that cadence in your head for God so loved the world. That verse of Scripture and those other words in Scripture that are much like that, that are revealing who Jesus is, that are revealing God's love for you, that are revealing how Jesus came to this earth to live here in a perfect way and to die a horrific death for you on the cross are words that God spoke that he has used to save our souls because that word brought about faith in us. The book of Romans says that if we need faith, we got to get in the word of God. So right now, if you're struggling to have faith, the word of God says if you need more faith, you need to be in the word of God more because the word of God produces faith. And as we have uh, found ourselves hearing about Jesus again at an early age or whatever age it was for you in your life, there are scriptures that just God began to use. And through that, you came to faith in Christ and he saved your soul. Most of us in this room are believers. Most of us in this room have faith in Christ 
so that our sins have been forgiven and we know that we're going to heaven. Can you imagine for just a moment, and it's not a good thing to imagine, but can you imagine for just a moment your life without the Word of God? Can you imagine your life for just a moment without the person, without the story, and without the gospel of Jesus Christ? Can you imagine going through what you're going through right now with no hope for the future? Can you imagine looking forward to this life ending at whatever point? Some of us are closer than others. We just don't know. But can you imagine looking towards the end of your life and thinking, ah, I guess I'll just die and see what happens. And yet here we are, saved and secure because of the word of God, because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we have such great hope, and it's able to save your souls. And so this morning, if you're not a believer yet, if you haven't crossed that line of faith in placing your trust in Jesus Christ to forgive you so that he can declare over you that you are forgiven, I'm here to tell you the word can change you just the way it's changed us. The word changes you. If the word of God has changed you because of your salvation can you give an amen, an uh-huh, a yeah, that's right, that's a something. Can you, can you do that for me? Yeah. And we want that for other people, don't we? Okay. So he's changed us and he's continuing to change us. And the more we make ourselves available to ultimately the word of God, he's going to change us more, which is going to give greater opportunity for other people to be changed. Why do I need to grow? Why do I need to become more like Jesus so I can make it to heaven one day? No, Jesus already paid for that, but I want other people to make it to heaven, and they need to see Jesus in me. This is the reason why getting in the Word of God and having the Word of God change us is so very, very important. The Word changes you. Look at Hebrews chapter 4 and verse number 12. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. It says, For the Word of God, the Bible, the Scripture is alive and powerful. So this book is not some ancient just text that's just sitting there. God says that it's alive and that it's powerful. There are several things in that statement right there that's so important for us to remember. Ultimately, what comes out from that for me most often when I think about the Word of God being alive and powerful is that it's real and it's relevant for me today. It's real and it's relevant for me today. God speaks into my life and God speaks into your life. In 2020, how many of you thought growing up, at whatever age you are, if you've been alive any time at all and you were looking forward to 2020, how many of you thought growing up that we'd be driving around in like flying cars by this year? I mean, really, come on. I mean, like the Jetsons were going to be for real by now, right? And it's just not yet. I mean, all these things. And yet God knew exactly what 2020 was going to be like. He knew what you were going to be dealing with. He knew what you were going to be navigating. And his word is alive and powerful. And his word is relevant for your life today. It goes on to say, It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes the innermost thoughts and desires. I think a lot of times when we think about a sword, we think about death and we think about destruction. And I'm just wondering if this idea might help you a little bit 
see the redeeming effect of the Word of God in your life as it talks about it being sharp. And again, we think about sword, we think about death, we think about destruction. Maybe a scalpel is the better word we could use here to bring some redemptive thought process to what the redemptive Word of God really is. Because a scalpel is not used to bring death or destruction, but ultimately it's there to cut precisely, to get out what is killing you. And to move things around and situate things in such a way and to do a surgery that health can come to your life. The Word of God is constantly doing surgery on your heart. It's constantly doing brain surgery on you. It's constantly changing you and transforming you. And it's valuable and it's the reason why we need to be in it. The Word changes you. Look at John chapter 1 and verse 14. John chapter 1 and verse 14. It says, So the Word became human and made his home among us. He, it's calling the Word a he, a person. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. And so as we continue to see the story of God through the Word of God, we see that the Word of God is so much more than just a book. It is so much more than just words on a page. They are words that are alive. They are words that are relevant. And literally, the Word of God here in John chapter 1 says the Word is a person and His name is Jesus. The Word changes you. Jesus is what has changed me, and Jesus is who is changing me. Jesus is who has changed you, and Jesus is who is changing you still. The Word changes us. This is where my Word has the potential to change us. My Word can get us focused on and trusting in the Word, which is the Bible, and specifically Jesus himself, the Word changes you. A few of you were kind enough to share with me a few stories from 2019 and how God used a word to work in your life in the year 2019. So I want to read just a few stories for you from people from among our church. This is from Beverly. Beverly says, I didn't have to think twice about my one word for 2019. Trust. It came at a time when we were in transition and experiencing change, change that I really didn't understand. The loss of my dad was still fresh, and Perry felt the spirit, her husband felt the spirit prompting them to find a new church home for their family. This was especially difficult for me. Loyalty is a big part of my personality, and I felt like I would be disappointing others if we left. God used Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 to remind me to trust him with all my heart and not my own understanding, that he would work everything out. I'm so thankful for my new church family at HC for encouraging me and my family to grow in faith, use our gifts to glorify God, and for challenging us to go and make disciples for Christ. That was from Beverly. This next one is anonymous. Um, this one uh, is uh, sharing that their one word for 2020, uh, excuse me, for 2019 uh, was pure. And it says, God has been working in my life to overcome lust. I have been in CR, which is Celebrate Recovery, an awesome ministry in and through our church. I've been in CR, and God is working. This one comes from David and Brenda. 
And uh, this is just another great, great story. Um, Brenda's writing, and she writes for David, and I know that David uh, gave his thumbs up on all this. Uh, David's one word was faithful. Although slowed somewhat by his cancer, he faithfully declared throughout the year his love for Jesus and thank God every day for our blessings. We received help when we needed with his chemotherapy, which cost over $125,000 per year. Our copay was provided through a grant arranged by Cardi. We faithfully give God all the praise for this. Dave is faithful to be at the back door to greet uh, HC folks, which he loves to do, and we believe God gave him strength to do so. And she goes on to say, I could write all day. And if you know Dave and Brenda, this warms your heart, doesn't it? This one is from Brenda. She said, my one word was trust. So we've got two last year that was trust. I've been called on, um, I've been called on many, many times to trust God through Dave's ongoing battle with cancer. My brother's struggle with brain cancer has caused me um, to so many times, many, many times place my fears and pain at the Father's throne of grace and mercy. And he has not failed us even when the cancer became active again in October. We have prayed over and over for God to give us a miracle. And yesterday when she wrote this, he did. Will's cancer has not advanced. Trusting God in all seasons is not easy, but so worth it. He is able and willing to hear our cries and help us as only he can. Be faithful and trust him. Isn't that incredible stuff that God's doing in and through our lives in our church? And you understand it wasn't the one word that did anything, right? It was the one word that led us to the word whose name is Jesus, who's working in and through our lives. And as you know, there's a lot more stories, aren't there? There's at least one more because you've got a story, don't you, of how God's working in your life. A few people have already picked their word for 2020. Uh, one person already shared it with me, and I want to share it with you. This is from Mark. Uh, he says, my one word this year is letters. It's really it was really impressed on me during our Peru trip, the impact that we can have by simply writing letters to our kids that we sponsor. Also, how not writing could have negative effects. That is understanding the power of our words. And so for him, his word this year is letters. So I want to give you um, the rules, <laughs> if you will, of picking one word. I use that term a little bit, uh, quite a bit loosely. And uh, just simply want to give you kind of a, a quick three-part progression on picking your one word for the year. So it's simply this. The first thing we want you to do is to simply pick one word. You know, how, do you, how do I arrive at that? Well, through prayer, um, through getting in God's Word. Uh, all, uh, so many people have come to me and said, God revealed the, wor the Word I need to pick for the one year through this way or that way. There's not been a specific way God's been doing that. Um, but it's just amazing how He will bring one Word to mind for you. A few of you walked up to me this morning and told me you already picked your Word for next year. A couple of you thought we weren't going to do this this year. And, and you're wondering what's going on, but God's revealed that to you. But just pick one Word. Word, whatever that is that you feel like God's stirring your heart up about that he wants to develop you with, wants to grow you in, and wants to move you forward with. Our encouragement to you is to secondly, pick it by February. If you've already figured out what it is in this moment, great, but we don't want you to rush it. Uh, we know the new year has already begun. That's okay. We want you to pick it by February. So spend a few weeks. Maybe God's going to use something that we're studying. Maybe God's going to use something that you're experiencing in the next few weeks. So you don't have to rush and have this done today, but we want you to pick it 
by February. And then last, just simply let God use it in your life. Allow him to illuminate things for you. Allow him to expose things for you. Allow him to encourage you. Allow him to challenge you. Allow him to stretch you. Allow him to teach you. As you open God's word, uh, you'll just be amazed again at how this word will just pop off the page for you um, in just unusual ways. For me, the last few years, it's been amazing to me how God has used my one word um, and he's revealed it to me through his word. And it wasn't the exact word, but through just looking at it through that lens, just seeing how he was using that story or that verse or that moment in his story of scripture to encourage me and to help me in my life. So pick one word, pick it by February, let God Use it in your life. Everybody got it? Y'all are a quiet group this morning. I don't know if that was me or you, but anyway, I'll finish with this. If you're serious about this, you'll get a tattoo. If you're spiritual, it will be Greek. If you're smart, it will be short. (laughs) I want to pray. I want to ask God to bless you. After this prayer, we're going to give you an opportunity to respond to the Lord. Listen, if you've not trusted in Jesus yet in your life, we want you to be saved. We want you to experience the forgiveness that we've experienced. Maybe for you right now, you're struggling right now, and you just need some encouragement. You need some direction. You need some prayer. Uh, We'd love to pray over you and help you in any way that we can. Let's pray. Father, we bow before you this morning. We thank you for your word. I pray that that... um, It's just a little bit more meaningful and a little bit louder in our lives than ever before, thinking about your word to us, what you are speaking to us, what you are saying to us, what you are saying about us and over us. And I pray that your word will become louder in our lives as we open it, as we read it, as we hear it, as we experience it, as we grow in it. I pray that you'll help us to pick one word, That will allow you to speak louder and clearer than ever in our lives. Because we want to become more like you. We want other people to see you in our lives. We want other people to experience you the way we've experienced you. Thank you for this time together this morning. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.